Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I am your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm talking with Ryan McRae, the ADHD nerd. You can find him at theadhdnerd.com. And I knew that I wanted to have Ryan on the show a while ago when I read when I read one of his awesome posts about how people with ADHD can deal with procrastination and have better productivity And then when he and I recorded this conversation, he exceeded my expectations. And you'll hear me say it a number of times in the conversation that a lot of the tips and tricks that he and I talk about in terms of dealing with ADHD and losing focus or having lack of focus, a lot of those tips he mentions can be used for people who don't have a diagnosed case of ADHD. So... I know you're going to love this. If focus is something you need or you feel like you're always suddenly having squirrel happen, this show is for you. Not to give you another distraction, but before we get to that conversation, I want to say thank you to Nosby for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. As a Nosby user, I'm thrilled that they're the sponsor for this episode and have been for a while now. I have tried a ton of productivity or task management software out there. And honestly, Nosby's the one I'm sticking with. It's the one that I am a pro user of. And in fact, Nosby has a deal for you, the listeners of Beyond the To-Do List. You can get a 30-day free pro trial, which unlocks all the features, for free for 30 days. All you have to do is head on over to nosby.com slash to-do. That's N-O-Z-B-E dot com slash T-O-D-O. That unlocks the pro account on Nosby for 30 days, which includes a partner. So it's like getting two accounts in one when you do that for free for 30 days. You really need to go try it out. You're probably wondering, well, Eric, why did you land on this? Well, there's two key features, one of which Michael Slowinski, the founder of Nosby, hit on when he was on the show a few episodes back. And that is, is that 
in the digital world, I love the fact that when I hit the check mark and cross something off of my to-do list, it stays there with a strike through line in it and a little bit faded down below. So I feel like I've gotten something done. It's sometimes very hard to feel a, a sense of completeness with our tasks when we cross them off, quote unquote, digitally. Does that make sense? And I just like the way that Nosby makes me feel productive when I actually get stuff done in a way that only crossing stuff off a tangible or analog pad and paper, which is something that I often have used, that's just a feeling I, I need, I want, the way my mind works. I like that. So that's one factor. Honestly, the other is their killer templates idea and system and setup inside it, which means I can set up a template and I can then hit create project from that template anytime I want to. So if there's a process I need to work through repeatedly and I want to group a bunch of tasks all together and then set a project up out of that, I can do that instantaneously. I've done all the pre-work ahead of time, so my mind can focus on getting the tasks and then that project done. The other key piece to the templates, they're shareable. So I can create, for example, my morning routine, and I can then click share this, and I can take a hyperlink, and I can send that to anybody else who is using Nosby. And if you'd like to see an example of this in action, what you can do is you can head on over to beyondthetodolist.com slash 128. You'll see in the show notes there for this episode that I have dropped in a hyperlink for my morning routine. Yes, it's there. And then you can add that to your own Nosby. So there you go. Another reason to grab Nosby. Again, grab that 30-day free pro trial for you and a partner, getting two accounts in one, basically by going to nozbe.com, N-O-Z-B-E.com slash T-O-D-O. Let me know that you've done it. Let me know what you think of my morning routine, for that matter. And let's get into our conversation with Ryan McRae. This week, it is my privilege to welcome Ryan McRae. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Eric. So you are the ADHD nerd. <laughs> yep, that's me. Do you always write about or talk about or think about productivity, or has it been a new push that you've done recently? You know, I, I started this blog about probably last August, and uh, it kind of came about just talking to friends about, hey, you know, I'm not getting enough done, and I have some friends of mine um, besides myself who are very ADHD, and are, you know, and I would kind of help coach them, like, hey, have you thought about this, or have you looked at this, or this is a strategy I use, and they're like, oh, man, that's great. And then I decided, like, you know what? I think other people might be interested in this. And I kind of, you know, you do that poking around, like, hey, is this interesting? Hey, what do you think of this? And it got some traction. And so I just started posting and um, just helping people with their productivity. And then I realized that, you know, I developed some great systems to help people. And so that's what I've been doing lately. Okay. Well, so before we get into the productivity side of things, let's sure. set some context here. So yeah. ADHD. Sure. Let's talk about what that is and what why that's different from ADD. Right. So we they would use they've kind of switched it that we just now commonly just call it attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And the difference between that and ADD is like they take the H out the hyperactivity part. But now they just kind of lump it all in. So um, okay, and it goes around being it's a cognitive slash behavior disorder around being impulsive, hyperactive, and inattentive. So for me, I'm not hyperactive. I wasn't the third grader who was, you know, bouncing in his chair, you know, the, the kind of the kid we imagine. 
I was the silent kid who was lost in a daydream. And then the teacher calls on me and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and then I was also the kid in third grade where, you know, I couldn't like, hey, plot the reading assignment from last week, that, that, that. And I would look in my desk and I'm like, I have no idea. And and I had a teacher who would actually, we had those like ancient slot desks, you know, where you had to like bend over to kind of find stuff. And she would literally like just tip it over. And I was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, and I'd have to figure that out. So, you know, I'm 42. They really didn't have that label back then. But, you know, now, you know, I got diagnosed in college and people were like, you're ADHD. I'm like, there's no way. And I took like a battery of assessments and they're like, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is me. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I, let me, uh, lump myself in there as well. I was not the third grader sitting in class either. I was the daydreamer person have never been bouncing out of my seat or anything like that. Right. Flash forward to being out of college and sitting in a cubicle job, which again, you'd kind of be crawling up the walls doing. So I didn't decide to do anything about it yet. But then I was just like, all right, look, I want to get tested. And I didn't go too much further into it. And here's the thing. A lot of people very much in the, I don't know, whatever, politicized world where well, you know, maybe we should just stop doing this or stop doing this or everything. You know, we didn't have that when I was a kid. You know, right. all that kind of all that kind of talk. Anyway, yeah. uh, we're gonna skip over all that. Basically, we're just kind of giving context here too. Sure. The fact that yeah, so I, I wow, I'm doing it now. Do you see this? This <laughs> yeah. is it's this contagious. is great. This yeah. is great. I love this. Anyway, yeah. uh, so I had some small amount of testing and they were like, yeah, you definitely have stuff going on. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, what do I do about it? And they prescribed something. And I found that I actually liked not being on it better than being on it. Cause it was affecting my sleep and sure. other stuff. I just decided, and I don't know if I've ever shared this, but this is part of my productivity journey because I just realized, well, if I have my systems in place, I feel better. And then I'll just cope with the itchy, brain syndrome of thinking about everything else other than where I'm at at the time in whatever way I can. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I, I had a similar, you know, I grad journey. I had graduated from college and I became a teacher. I was teaching deaf and hard of hearing kids and I liked the teaching aspect of it, but the routine of it, like eight to nine math, nine to 10 English, like my ADHD brain was like, Oh no. Like it's kind of like I was in my own little cubicle and, uh, I had to find another career to kind of do that. And I actually enjoyed substitute teaching as I was going for another career because every day was random. I might have kindergartners one day, eighth graders the other. I was like, oh, this is, you know, if they pay me a living wage for substitute teaching, I would have, <laughs> I'd be still doing it today. But, uh, you know, I do sales now where it's random every day, different customers, yeah. different technology stuff. So it's like boom, boom, boom. Uh, my ping pong brain is just loves that. But yeah, I just find that people with ADHD especially in our productivity world, are desperate for systems and for you know ways to capture information. And I think that helps them greatly. Yeah. So let's go down kind of these two roads I see, which is one sure. is how can we have like better systems and guardrails and boundaries and stick with them? And then how can we maybe do that also for where we're paying attention and time to things? Does that make sense? Yeah. I think yeah, that's a, I think that's a good, you know, kind of outline to to go down. So, let's start maybe with like systematizing. How do we how do we sure. come up with a productivity system when you have ADHD or can't concentrate? Right. 
you know, and I'm kind of going to lump like system and habits like in okay. the same like stuff that blocks our ability to like create systems and habits. One is like boredom. ADHD will rail against boredom. I call it like when people are like, what is it like to be ADHD? I don't get it. And I'm like, it's like having your house filled with eight four-year-olds <laughs> and you've just let them loose. And so, you know, they're, they're just wandering around and you're trying to like corral them to get things done. And so you'll have these random thoughts in your head because the four-year-olds are in control. And so once four-year-olds are bored, it's over, you know, right? You're, they're just, you've got to keep them entertained. So when I tell people like developing a habit or developing a system, make sure you enjoy it. It doesn't have to be super enjoyable, but you know, if you're using a paper calendar and digital works for you, do the digital. You know, don't use a system that you, you hate. You're, you're gonna our ADHD will ditch it. Yeah. We're also impulsive. So I tell people, I'm like, if your brain is telling you to capture information, you need to have a system that captures it immediately. I heard you guys talk about like Evernote. I am like an Evernote fanatic, you know, every time I see Brett Kelly, I just like hold him close. I'm like, Oh, you've, you've saved me thousands of hours, my man. And he's like, please get off me. Uh, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, you know, make sure you have a system that can respond well to being impulsive. So, you know, I tell people, I'm like, I will just bust out my phone, open up drafts, type something because otherwise the four-year-olds are like, Hey man, don't forget me the milk. Don't, don't forget the milk. Don't forget the milk. And I'm like, if I don't write it down, that's all I get. Also, our ADHD, we hate failure. So we once we mess up something once, we're like, oh, this doesn't work. The system's broken. It's like, no, we got to kind of restart. So we'll tend to reinvent the wheel if um, it doesn't go well the first time. And then we forget that a great start is way better than perfect start. Like we, we kind of hunt for the perfect start. Like, you know what? I'm going to paint this wall. It's going to be perfect. And then when it doesn't, you know, we, we fall apart. So those will get in the way of developing habits like our, our missteps. So what I tell people is like I coach them in, you know, making sure that it's, it doesn't have to be perfect. If you're trying to start a habit of working out, because what we'll do is like, I'm going to the gym six times this week. And you're like, bro, you haven't been to the gym in six months. Like <laughs> we're going to and I always give like like I'm pulling the reins on a horse like, whoa, like we're you know, you're trying to steer this horse or just it's too much. I go aim for one time this week. They're like, that's not enough. I'm like, well, based on what your life is like right now, I think that's plenty. So let's do one. And if you can do one next week, let's try two or one. It's up to you. And then they slowly, gradually build up that habit. So then in a, in a month or two, maybe they're at three or four or five or six. But I see people try to just do the whole thing at once. and It just doesn't work. So yeah, yeah. What's the next step here? Keeping those things in mind, how do we move into creating systems? So when I talk to people with ADHD to create systems, I'll say, what is giving you pain right now? And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, okay, in this past week, when has your ADHD like just wrecked it for you? Have you gotten into a fight with a loved one? Is your boss mad? Where you feel like there's a hole in your bucket? And they're like, oh, okay. I see, you know, it's like I've missed two dentist appointments. Why? Um, Because I leave the card, you know, they they give you a little appointment card and I just forget it. I said, okay, we're going to time travel. We're going to go back to that. They hand you that card. What would you do different? Um, I would put it in my calendar and I'm like, yes, that's what we're going to (laughs) do. And they're like, yeah, but then, you know, then I'm going to be late or then I said, okay, so we're going to go back in time. How do you solve that? 
I would put in a reminder. Yes, there it is. Or, you know, if your appointment's at 2.30, create it for 2 o'clock. Yeah, but then I'm early. Yeah, but then you're not late. You know, so I try to, like, see where are the pain points and then develop systems around that. Because I don't want them to fix something that's not broken. I want them to work on what's not working. So, you know, my boss is mad at me. How come? Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't get the report in on time. Well, what happened? I procrastinated and it became too much. Then I'll say, you know, let's break that up into chunks and assign yourself these mini projects that create this whole project. And, and we kind of walk through what gives them pain. because then there's more motivation to develop that system. So we do that. Kind of, I try to get them out of like, oh, this is kind of miserable. And then another thing I teach is when it comes to like Evernote, capturing, um, you guys talked about it, like static, I call it static reference. Like I want you to take the picture of all the things that like you forget at when you're out at like Home Depot or, you know, what are the light bulbs you need and what's your car license plate and what's like all of that. So they kind of gather all that, those little things into their Evernote. So it when they're out and about, they're like, oh, I can look that up. And I know my wife's birthday and I made a list of what she likes already. And, you know, da, 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 so that they can get some like small successes. But uh, systems should always be built around for ADHD people, what's giving them pain and then walk them through like, you know, hey, I, you know what? I never get to the gym. And I've heard people say this on the show, lay out your gym clothes, you know, have your keys and wallet waiting by the door and, uh, call up a buddy and say, Hey, if I don't make it to the gym, I owe you Starbucks or five bucks or whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of this doesn't sound like it's necessarily ADHD specific though. That's the cool thing. Right. So my systems will work for like the non ADHD and the ADHD, but I try to focus it around what happens when they're impulsive and inattentive because that's where we struggle. So a lot of people have bulletin boards in their head and they can stick things on there. And we have the bulletin boards too as ADHDers. We just don't have any pins. Like we just like slap the piece of paper on and we'll be like, you know what? I'll remember that later. And it just drifts into the pile of, of the, all the other thoughts we've had. So just capturing that. Um, we just don't have that reminder in our head to be like, oh, I got to get the milk. We need to outsource that literally to any system that really works. So. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic? For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash beyond. So one thing that I would say sometimes that happens to me is I would almost feel like it's not that I don't have any pins. It's that I feel like I've got too many things pinned. Yeah. Up. Yeah. That's also. another thing. It's, the bulletin board gets crowded. And you're like, oh, where is that? Well, it's under, you know, nine different things. You're like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, I get that, too. It's Wouldn't, easy to it's easy. I mean, that's where it's easy to procrastinate because you've got too many things there instead oh, yeah. of, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. One of my favorite things to do. And I do this in my life. I'll just come home and I can just feel the four-year-olds are just like running the show in my head. And I'll just write down everything I need to do or just random, just get it all out on paper. Because mm. then my brain realizes, oh, I don't have to keep reminding this guy about it. I don't have to, you know, even if it's a stupid mistake I made at work, I just write it down and my brain's like, oh, I no longer have to remind him of that anymore. And then I organize that kind of mind dump of like, here, you know, this is all the financial stuff I have to do. Here's all my like fitness stuff I have to get done. I got to prep all my food for this week so I can, you know, I don't have to buy lunch at work, that, that, that. And then I kind of get this piece because our brains are made for, you know, generating ideas, not, you know, not holding them. Right. That's David Allen says. Yep. So that's like a mantra of mine. But our ADHD will always lie to us and be like, oh, you'll remember it later, man. And I'm like, oh, no, that's that's <laughs> that's not it. And then my boss is like, "What happened? You're supposed to be at this meeting." And I'm like, "No, like you lie, you got me again." So you told yeah. me you would remember that. Yeah, and it's like, ah, eh, whatever, man. It's cool. And I'm like, it's not cool, man. No, I gotta pay the bills. So yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, in fact, I feel the need to do it again right now. Not right this second. Trust me, I'll wait till after we're done. Yeah. But uh, the, the idea of sitting down, like I will go to a coffee shop. I'll actually egg on my brain in a sense by getting some caffeine. Oh, yeah. And I'll amp it up and I'll say, all right, I'm sitting here. I made time to listen to you. Yes. T- tell me all your problems. Yes. And I will write them all out and then I will start to group them into ways that they can be dealt with. Yeah. And we will fix this. Yeah. I'm oh, here that for is, you. That's what ADHD you need is just to get it all out and capture. And that's that's probably – 80% of what I tell people, like, how are you capturing that information? And they're like, I'm not. I'm like, okay, we have to. You know, I carry like a field's notebook in my back pocket most days. So if when those random thoughts hit, I can just write it down. And um, it looks more socially acceptable than like pulling out my phone and typing because they're yeah. like, who's this clown talking to? You know, where if I'm writing something in a notebook, I look very scholarly and, and I, <laughs> I wear like, you know, I put on my fancy glasses. I'm like, oh, you know, it's like I'm writing poetry or something but it's like hey don't forget to you know pick up spinach you know it's like oh great um but then you know and i kind of organize that like is this something i need to do later something you need to do now 
But just as long as it's out there, um, I think that's what really bogs us down. Totally. Uh, well, so here's the other thing, though. Sometimes what I just said, where I sit down and, and write it all out, get it out, kind of ends up then being a stalling point because then I see all of the stuff that has yeah. to be done. Yeah. And so what what do you think is a what, – what's a good suggestion here? How do we move forward from that point? Because there's probably a lot of people out there who don't suffer from capturing. They right. capture it all. But right. they capture – that's the problem then is they capture it all and they don't know how to then – actionize or, 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 yeah. you know, execute. Right. So I, I suffer from decision fatigue. That is like, Oh, I, I do too. I, oh my I, gosh. I, yeah. So if your listeners are hearing, they're like, yeah, it's decision fatigue. Well, let's, let's explain what that is first though. Sure. Cause I think some people don't realize what that really means. Right. So decision fatigue would be, you have a limited amount of willpower to make decisions. So the classic example is if you're going out to buy jeans and you go to three stores and you have to choose between 36 pairs of jeans and try them on, then you pick the one you like, you're exhausted from making other decisions later on. What do you want to eat? What project do you want to tackle? You know, which kid do you like the most? Like, you just can't decide. Where if you go to buy the pair of jeans and you go to, you know, one store and you choose between two pair and then you get that pair, you have a lot more energy. You might have gotten a pair of jeans slightly less than what you'd like, but now you have much more energy to do the rest of your day, week, month better. So the more decisions you make in a day, the more it kind of wears you out. So you, you make less quality decisions as you go. Well, and, and sometimes, you know, for example, one of the classic ways this shows up for me is my wife will ask me what I want to have for dinner. And she'll give me the choices. And I just don't care. Right. And so it stresses me out having to decide. Yeah, because I don't care and I don't want to have to pick. I say, yeah, that's good. Fine. Yep. Either one. Yep. Totally. But then because and and so what I've learned to do is just not think through it. Honestly, if it's a decision that is inconsequential or does not matter to me, I don't want to waste time deciding on it. So I act as if it's not even a decision. And I'll just say, which which one was the first one she said and just pick it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because then it's as if I didn't make a decision and didn't use up my attention, you know, my decision making budget for the day. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, like I have like two pairs of jeans, you know, I try to cut down my decision making. Mm -hmm. I kind of eat the same stuff. Like I'm like, Oh, you know, I like trying new things at restaurants because that's the experience. But I'm like, I'm not the type of person who's like, yeah, I got to eat seven new things. I'm like, nope. You know, I'm I'm the guy who goes to Trader Joe's and gets the you know, they're like, oh, he gets the same thing every time. And that's not for everyone, but it's it saves me to be creative later on and make better decisions later yeah. on. And, and the famous example of this is obviously Steve Jobs. Uh, yeah, right. Black um, turtleneck. Black turtleneck. I told one guy, I was like, man, just get. You know, he was suffering really hard from decision fatigue. I'm like, man, just get like, make sure all your T-shirts go with your jeans. You know, like make sure like just he's like, I can't do the same shirt every day. I'm like, whoa, easy there. You know, you can you can reduce it somehow, some way. Yeah. I And I think um, another this is my ADHD talking like even when we want to sit down and do things, you know, if I'm going to write, I go to the same coffee shop and I like sitting in the same chair and I get the same drink. Because it reminds my brain that it's writing time. Um, when I, you know, it's like when you go in the kitchen, of course you get more hungry. You know, when you're, you know, I used to tell my college students, yeah, if you try to study in bed, what happens? They're like, you fall asleep. I'm right, like, yeah, right. that's where your brain is like, oh, sleeping time. Like it starts to boot up that sequence. Yeah. I said, so make sure you're doing things in the same 
same way. And that cuts down on your decision fatigue as well. Like, hey, there is, here are the things that happen and here's where they happen. What are some other ways that we can deal with or, or execute on these things we've captured? I mean, for me, I like to knock a bunch of stuff out. I, I like to try and see if like I can make a game of it maybe right? and knock a bunch of stuff out all at once. Like, all right, I am going to reward myself with some Starbucks or something if I can knock out five things off this list in the next hour. Yeah. Something, I don't know. That's, that's yeah. a random yeah. hypothetical, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Gamifying it, like saying, hey, here are the six things I have to get done. And I'll look at them and I'm like, all right, what's the hardest one? Oh, it's this one. Ugh, making the dentist appointment. All right, that's 30 points. You know, and I'll kind of rate them in points and say, all right, let's try to get 90 points in the next hour. And then I'll, you know, you can gamify it. I try to batch stuff. So if I'm like, ugh, I don't want to put the dishes away. Or actually, the, the example I use is I hate to fold laundry. I don't mind doing the laundry. I don't mind anything else except folding laundry. I don't know what happened to me as a kid. Did something traumatic happen with folding laundry? I'm not sure, but I hate it. So I'll be like, I'm going to call my buddy Brian while I'm folding laundry and kind of batch things so I can like add something fun to something <laughs> miserable. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need silence to fold laundry. I just need pretty much, you know, at this point at 42 years old, it's muscle memory. But um, I try to either batch things, like do two things at once. I'll just say, you know what? These are all the phone calls. I'm just going to bang out phone calls right now. These are all the emails. I'm just going to bang out emails because I don't like to switch my tasks. Like I'm going to do an email, then I'm going to do a call, then I'm going to do this. Like I try to, I literally group it by these are all similar. And so my brain doesn't have to change course. It just has to execute in the same flow. Little break in between and gets the next thing. Yeah. But yeah, and I do that kind of after that mind dump. But then for like big projects, like doing a blog or doing that, like I just have big projects. I break those into smaller projects, break those into tasks. Like I try to get at the micro level and do that. Um, you were What you were saying about folding the laundry and calling somebody. Now, the calling somebody thing isn't something you are averse to doing. No, no. Something but I um, you reminded me of something. And so I went and looked it up while you were talking because I couldn't pay attention um (laughs) which is this pinned tweet that i have i wrote this down a while ago and i just and i've pinned it there and apparently a ton of people have retweeted it it was my farce on multitasking it says multitasking is the art of distracting yourself from two things you'd rather not be doing by doing them simultaneously yeah that's true yeah and and the thing is is that I'm not totally kidding about that. I mean, it's right. like, hey, if I'm if I'm trying to do one thing and another at the same time, it's because I really probably don't want to do either. But there's a key lesson in here that it's like you were saying, do something that you don't necessarily want to do by rewarding yourself by at the same time doing something that we enjoy doing. Right. Make it easier to do. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like, you know, if you want four-year-olds to clean their room, you wouldn't say to a four-year-old whose room is a total mess, you wouldn't say, clean the whole thing and like slam the door. You would have to play some music, make it a game. And I know that sounds like pedantic, like what well, you have to treat yourself like a four-year-old, but at times you do like, that's just human nature in ways. Um, you'd make it fun or you'd say to that four-year-old, Hey, we're going to have a reward after this, or you can invite a friend over and you can both do it. Like somehow you can do it, but if you would just make it, hey, you got to clean your room or, you know, it would be just miserable. You know, there'd be tears eventually. And the other thing I do is just break it. If there's something I just super hate, 
I break it down. Like, let's say I have to clean the whole house or something. I'm saying, you know what? I'm just going to clean the sink. And usually that turns into cleaning the counter, which turns into cleaning the kitchen, which turns into cleaning the house. You know, like if I'm just like, oh, I have to get up and clean the house today. I'm like, eh, I'm going to play video games instead. Like I will, I will default to that procrastination if I feel overwhelmed, mm-hmm. but I have to break it down into, you know, eat the elephant one bite at a time sort of philosophy. Yeah, totally. I get that. Let's kind of head the other direction then. Let's uh, sure. like in terms of time, time is, well, I guess it's all about how you perceive it. Sometimes right. it disappears and other times it takes forever. Right. And that's true for everybody. But again, with ADHD, it's almost you're like you're even more mindful or aware of it. Right. Time ADHDers have some time perception quirks. We will use the term flow when ADHDers are like we call it hyper focusing. Like we are we're the people who will play a video game for like 11 hours and not realize like that time has moved. Like we just we kind of blink and it's like the next day. We lose that ability in our mind and our brain that can estimate time. We just it just kind of just shuts off. And that that can be great and that can be very debilitating. <laughs> so <laughs> or relationship killing or but you know when we're in a creative mode when we can just kind of lose that because we get we get so productive and it's a high for us. We're like, look at, you know, I'm firing on all 20 cylinders and we get that laser beam mentality that we rarely get to enjoy. On the other end is when it comes to perception, we underestimate how long a time will a task will take. Mm-hmm. So if we're yes. like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, 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 and this. And you know, we're like, and we blow out because we didn't realize like, Hey, you know, I, I experienced my writing like, Hey, I'm going to write a thousand words today. That should take me about three hours wrong. It takes me five, you know, and then it, and because it did that, it impedes the rest of my day. So what I tell people is show up 15 minutes early to things add 15 or a half hour to it. But if it's a task you're new at, you need to double the amount of time you think it'll take. They're like what? Double it. I'm like, at least, new place you drive, interview you're going to, whatever it is, double the amount of time to give yourself that ADHD buffer because I can't tell you how many times I've like forgotten something and had to drive back or I get lost and, or you know I daydream and I'm like, oh, I don't know where I am anymore or something like that. So we struggle with time because it doesn't it doesn't flow like the rest like a lot of people experience and that's because we become so inattentive and so impulsive, like we, those two things kind of war against our, our yeah. to manage our time. But we're also a lot of fun, by the <laughs> way. We're also a lot of fun. Like we can work a room. We are, we're the, the spontaneous people who, you know, we're a party waiting to happen, basically. Interesting. So what about, uh, you know, is there any specific kind of way that you think maybe to tie what we were previously talking about in terms of execution with time because you know mike vardy productivityist is all about oh gosh i'm gonna totally butcher this sorry mike sorry mike time over task or task over time and whichever way that goes they're tied together in other words that he's more concerned about one over the other i think it's that he's more concerned over task not time yeah that the task get done right but time is the thing i mean yeah i mean like you were just saying you can underestimate or overestimate and everybody does that but uh, we may have a, a harder time with that. Right. 
and again, the other key piece here is, as I was talking to somebody else, was this, this the whole idea that it, it, we know this, that work will expand to fill the time that you've given it. Yep. And so if you're allotting too much time for something, so how do we deal with this? Like what, what kind of, again, a, a structure, <laughs> as much structure as we can handle or as much structure as we need, how do we structure our time to be effective and actually get the tasks done? Yeah, I try to create these. That's a great question. I try to create these pseudo deadlines. So normally in my work life, I work 12 to 9. Okay. I go to a gym where there's, uh, I go to a CrossFit gym. That way the workout is already set for me. I know I'll get a quality workout. Again, it affects, I do that because of my decision fatigue. I'm like, I don't want to go to a gym and be like, oh, what am I doing today? I'm like, nope, I'll just go suffer and then come home. But then I have to be out of the house by 9.30. It is a sacrosanct the clock is ticking like on like on the old show 24 like i have to get dressed or shower get dressed um eat breakfast and be out of the house and at a coffee shop to write at 9 30 and so it creates this pattern this system for me to start executing and then when i get to that coffee house i'll say you know what at 11 o'clock i am done writing for the day i'm done i'm not doing it at lunch I'm not doing it tonight. I only have till 11. That's it. And so because I've created that deadline, my fingers tend to hit the keyboard faster because I know when my phone goes off at 11, pencils are down. I can't go anymore. So that creates this urgency. And I think that's the key to this is that you need to create urgency when it comes to these tasks. Like, hey, I've got a blitz of these 12 emails. I have an hour. I have the right to procrastinate. But when it comes to three o'clock, I'm done. I have to move to the next thing. And it can kind of bring up like a pain point, like, ooh, if I don't get back to that, that's just going to be a problem. Or, I, you know, this is valuable to me. I don't want to miss out on this opportunity. So I like creating a false urgency to help me get to get those tasks completed. How do you reinforce it, though? Because if it's then, oh. you know, you plow through it and you're like, oh, crap, I broke my own rule. Well, there's nothing. There's no, you know, no lightning bolts are coming down from the right. sky. So what's the punishment or what's the reward? You yeah. know what I mean? Right. And and I know. And you can kind of create your own punishments or rewards. Like, hey, if I can get this done, whatever free time I have is mine. I can play a game on my phone, whatever it is. But that punishment is when I leave the house at 934 instead of 930, I put that in my drafts. I'll put that in my Evernote. Like, hey, 934 didn't make it. And I can see in my week how many times I made it and how many times I didn't. I haven't gotten to the point where I need to like punish myself or like, hey, if I don't get out of the house three times this week, I have to sleep on the floor. That might be a great idea. I might, you know, try that. But I've been successful at it. If it gets really debilitating, then you do have to have a pain point to it. Like, hey, no Starbucks for me today. Like I will type at Starbucks, but I won't get coffee. Like that would be ugh, that would just be crippling. I may have to develop that, but um <laughs> you you know, like the barista'd be like, I don't know who you are anymore. Like, oh but uh one trick I do is I'll order my drink on my app so I have to get out of the house because oh, otherwise wow. my coffee gets cold. Yeah. So, and they said to me once, like, do you want a new one? I'm like, no, I'll drink the tepid coffee as my, <laughs> as my penance for not getting out of the house soon enough. So yeah. it works. But that way I have, I have an external thing waiting for me. Yeah. So. So, so let's tie this coffee house thing or the coffee because you're talking Starbucks. I'm I'm going to give you a thing that, that I've started doing with a friend of mine. He he also remote I, – I do remote work and he does as well. 
and we live a couple blocks from each other and sure. we're, we grew up, you know, college friends and everything. And, and so it was like, we got to talking and we we're like, Hey, I'm going to go to coffee house today. You want to come? Sure. Let's do, well, you want to work there? Cool. And I don't know how it happened, but we we're just like, you know, this would be really cool if we like pick one day a week. And this is what we did where right. we went there and just worked instead. And so we chose Monday because then we could ease our way into the work week. Uh, it felt kind of like a reward or an extended mm-hmm. <laughs> weekend, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not that we're not doing work. Here's the thing. We actually are being – he's getting tons of stuff done and so am I. But we're able to, because we're with somebody else, get 20 minutes, 30 minutes of something done and call it done and then right. have you know a conversation about the new Star Wars movie or right. – a U2 album or something. You know what I mean? Right. So Yeah, and you're creating a great feedback loop of you're watching him type and you're like, mm. I should be typing. He's typing. And then you get stuff done and you can check in like, hey, I got this done. And then your reward system's already built in. You guys have a conversation. He has to be accountable to his job. You have to be accountable to yours. You're back at it. Okay, I did it. And that's kind of like a work environment that's very healthy where it's like, hey, we got this done. Let's talk about it. And then it kind of gives you that boost of energy along with the caffeine to keep going. Yeah, that's one of the key rewards is like, okay, I can't get a coffee until I have like right. these three items on my list done. Yeah. Then I yeah. then I'm allowed to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have done that as well, where I'm like, you know what? I have to get this nine hundred words done. I have to do X, Y, and Z, or I can't. And I tell people, I'm like, you have to be accountable to yourself. We can create a billion systems, a thousand apps, but at the end of the day, you have to be accountable to the work you get done because, you know, nothing will get it done for you. And I think sometimes my ADHD will be like, yeah, if you plot enough systems in place, you can't fail. And I'm like, nope, I still can. Like I can still, you know, opt out. But one practice I've done is like, how will you feel when you get this done? How will you feel? That is one of the key ones for me is like, there's nothing that feels better than looking at a list and seeing stuff crossed out that it's done. And Uh, just trying to translate that feeling into a magnet forward right, is, is one of those things that I'm always still trying to find the answers to. <laughs> what about like Pomodoro type stuff? Cause you know, we have, we can't keep our attention on something for very long. Right. What about that? Um, I like the Pomodoro method. I use that in, I like doing long stretches of writing. So I, I usually, it's hard for me to like gear up to do like 30, 40 minutes of writing. I like to do that in like two hour, three hour chunks, but things like cleaning the apartment, that sort of stuff, I will set a timer and that way, um, and I relate it back to the four-year-olds. If you're taking a four-year-old on a road trip, you got to have a two hour drive. That four-year-old would flip out if you didn't tell them how long they'll be in the car. They'll flip, but you have to say like, hey, it's four episodes of Dora the Explorer. And she'll be like, oh, I get it, because she can understand that time. And hopefully you have given her an iPad or some sort of entertainment. <laughs> but um, your ADHD will, when, when you're doing a task that you don't like, it has to know that that task will eventually end. It has to, whether it's the dentist, whether it's cleaning, folding laundry. So I like to set that timer. And when I feel that resistance, that like, you should just sit down and play a game, like, stop doing this. This is terrible. I can look at the timer and be yes. like, hey, man, it's only another 15 minutes. It's only another 20 minutes. And that actually helps me in my exercise that I know I'm not going to be at the gym for two to three hours. I'm just going to finish, you know, once I'm done with these pull-ups or whatever it is, 
I'm done. I can go live my life. And so it makes the motivation better because it goes back to our perception of time. Our ADHD is always saying, this is going to go on forever. You're going to be miserable forever. It tricks us. And so we give up. We pull back where if we just went another 15, 20 minutes and we know that, we remind ourselves, we can get through whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love that idea. And then, you know, traditionally with a Pomodoro, it's you're doing 20 minutes and then a break or 30 yeah. minutes. And then, you know, so say we're doing something like that, where we're doing those intervals, in other words, 20, 30 minutes or whatever your your work block is, and then you do a break. How do we then get ourselves back into, okay, I got to go do another work chunk? And I will actually this is going to be controversial, Eric. I'll actually push back on the Pomodoro method if you are doing the same task. and you're So if I'm studying for a biology test, breaking it up into 20 to 30 minutes and then taking a 15-minute break, I'm almost like, ugh, because to restart my brain into that mode, I would rather go a longer distance. Mm. Like, So if, if it's more cognitive, remembering, testing, I would say, man, try to stretch that to 50, 60 minutes and then take that. 10 to 15 minute break, just cognitively. Uh, Cal Newport talks about that in heart and uh, deep work. So, but if you're, if you're going back to the task, if you're feeling that resistance of going back to the task, I, I always have to remind myself how good I'll feel when it's done. And then what's the payoff? So what's the payoff to folding your laundry? So you don't look like a total slob, you fool. Like, so I have to remind myself what's, what's the payoff consistently. But when that, when that timer's done and my break is over, I literally, when that countdown is getting 10, 9, 8, I try to like put the cleaning rag in my hand or whatever it is. I try to be in the position when that timer goes off instead of walking there. So instead of like having the break be over and I'm, and I haven't started again, it's almost like a countdown, like the gun's going to go off. So yeah, interesting. What about, um, you know, everybody's always talking about, setting goals for your life and, and moving forward and, you know, anyway, and reverse engineering those, how do we stay on track with those? You know, I try to do, so I always joke on like social media that like around right after Christmas, there's this war of resolutions are terrible. Resolutions <laughs> are great. Here's, you don't need this. You need, you know, call them commitments. And I'm always like, uh, like I'm over it. So what I tell people is like, I try to have just, some you know, like goals for my life, whether it's if I want to write a book, I try to break that in. Well, if you want to write a book, that's 12,000 words. If you want to, you know, and that averages X amount of words a week, X amount of words a day. And then I try to just have those daily goals of what I want to do. So like my company's sending me to China in May and I'm trying to pick up Mandarin. Mandarin's a huge language. So I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to learn it by May. But I could learn 50 words that are important or I could learn this. So I try to break down those tasks and, and kind of have those as my goals. But I try to um, – every Thursday, I try to do my weekly review. Hey, how am I doing? How are you doing on word count? How are you doing on the amount of pages of a book you want to read? How are you – You know, I try to look at those things because I'll tell you like with my ADHD, if I don't do that weekly check-in – I can go two months and be like, oh my gosh, I haven't written a thing. Or I'm going to get on a plane to China and be like, oh my gosh, I never got to that Mandarin, that whole Mandarin thing. Whoops. Like better study on the plane, you know? Like, yeah. So I have to, I have to do that weekly check-in 
And then, you know, I track how many words I write a day. I track how many hours I spend in Mandarin. Like I have to track and capture going kind of back to the beginning of the show. I kind of capture, there's a great app called reporter and it asks you to chime in every day on how you're doing on your goals. And it's just, it's probably 20 seconds it takes just to type some numbers, but then you can pull up a report of how you're doing. Um, Interesting. So, so that weekly check-in I think is key. And then, you know, I've got a couple friends of mine who, you know, I've told them, I'm like, Hey, ask me this, ask me how I'm doing on X, Y, Z. And so when we talk or I get a text like, Hey man, how are you doing on that? I know I've got some incoming accountability, which, which my ADHD cannot escape. Like it can't, I can skip recording stuff, but having an external accountability system, a friend, people, you know, an accountability group or a mastermind group, whatever it is, you know, I, I, I can't get around that. So, yeah. I was just going to ask you about that. I think that's one of those key pieces is just having somebody else who has active, I don't know, well, access to, and is going to either make you feel good or make you feel guilty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> In a motivational way. Right. Yeah. And it's good to have, you know, if there's anybody out there, like, make sure you've got, you know, some good friends who you can say, hey, you know, I'm going to be a little transparent. This is something I'm working on, or this is something I'm struggling with. And this is what I need help with. I think that's, and maybe it's because, you know, I'm a guy as well. We're like, oh, I don't need any help with anything. You know, I got it covered. Right. I'm, I'm John Wayne. Um, <laughs> I think that's a very powerful thing to do. I have that with, uh, there's a guy named Tim Grawl. He does book promotion stuff. Like he'll be on me when I'm not getting my word count in or I'm not really producing. So and he's encouraging. So he's, you know, it's good to have those, those sort of relationships. So. Yeah. Well, and kind of in, in closing our time out here, sure. uh, obviously one of the, a, a lot of the stuff still that we said is not explicitly geared towards only people oh, with no. ADHD right. because there's a spectrum there. And even, and I think this is a key and again, not to be politicized or anything, but even before this that brings it back to my story. My whole story of getting diagnosed and taking stuff and then deciding not to right. um, was before there was ever a pocket computer with the knowledge of the world right. in yeah. my pocket, you know, in my yeah. pocket on me at all times. Like that was way before 2007 when the first iPhone came out, and you know, it's now been almost 10 years, and it's ubiquitous. We all have them, whether we were a geek about technology or not. We have them like people, right. you know, the internet and connectivity, in other words, is where I'm going yeah. with this. Yeah. So take that for what you will. Um, yeah. Ultimately, I'm saying that a lot of us have started to develop or train ourselves to be ADHD, regardless right. of our predisposition to that or not. Right. So yeah, we, we, we carry around a device that, you know, whatever brand it is, is like chirping at us and reminding us and, hey, someone posted something on Instagram and, hey, someone, we live in this, this storm of distractions. And so, you know, I tell people, I'm like, if you can, I said, just try to turn off notifications on your phone for like a day and you see them just start to twitch. I'm like, it'll be okay. Like it's, oh, you'll, you will live, the sun will rise and you'll be fine. And and you see people like relax on that where it's like, Oh, I didn't know you could turn off notifications. I'm like, yep, it's one switch. So I highly recommend it. Yes. And remember people, the default when you install a new app 
this app would like to send you notification. The the oh. default is no. It's always no. 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 Unless it's like to take your like diabetes medication. Wow, like that's no. There's an app for that. There's an app for that. Don't do <laughs> it. Like just you will be okay. You will not miss out. I promise. So yeah. Well, Ryan, it's been awesome talking with oh, you. It's been great. We can totally go another a couple episodes oh, yeah. here. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why don't we stop for now and sure. then uh, let's direct people to where they can do deeper dives in all directions that we talked about on your site and everything else. So where can people find you online? Sure. You can find me at the ADHDnerd.com. And uh, I've got, I'll have something special for your guests at uh, the ADHDnerd.com slash to do. And I'll have like a great download for you guys. And just Eric, thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. It's been sure. uh, it's been awesome to uh, talk with you, and uh, hopefully at some point here we'll meet in person. Oh, I would love that very much. So cool, man. Talk to you later. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks again, Ryan, for stopping by. I really hope that you, as either someone who does have ADHD, someone who does but hasn't been diagnosed, even, or someone like me who does and uses productivity as a way of coping with that. I hope that you got a lot out of this episode. I hope that you can forward this episode on to someone who needs to hear about some of these ways of coping and not just coping really, but functioning, thriving even, and moving forward into strength. Cover this weakness of attention span being hard to wrangle in and then by doing that be able to live in your strengths. You know what I mean? Thanks again, Ryan. Make sure to go to beyondthetodolist.com slash 128. There you can get all the links to go check out everything Ryan mentioned in this episode. And you can see, again, my Nosby template for my morning routine. You can add that to your Nosby account and setup and even grab a Nosby Pro account for you and a partner for 30 days for free. Don't miss out on this. Head on over to nozbe.com slash t-o-d-o that's nozbe.com slash to do let me know when you've done that and let me know what you think of my morning routine thanks again for listening to this episode i'll see you in the next one Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.